Hello, good evening, welcome to this week's Man in the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got Jesse. Hi, Chris. Hi, Jesse. How are you? I'm so awful. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Wait a minute. I was, trying to do, I was trying to do an American accent. It, it just it didn't work. It went wrong on very many different levels. That isn't yeah. Jesse, as you can hear. That's Ryan, who woke out of last week. Yeah, and Jesse gave me a lot of abuse on Twitter afterwards, you know, saying I was a letdown and stuff, and she's not here. And, yeah, and here she isn't. No, exactly. No. Uh, we are part of the World Football Index, as ever. Um, this week, we're going to be talking about the Carabao Cup, Premier League fixtures coming up, uh, a bit about Mark Sampson and other bits and bobs. But first of all, we will start with last night. Now, between 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock on a Wednesday night, I play five-a-side football. Did you score any goals or own goals? No, I scored. Goal? No, I scored three in the right end this week. That's good. More importantly, that I saved a penalty. My, That's really good. To my be fair. Th- third successive penalty save. Because I was thinking, you said you scored three goals, but I was like, I'm sure you played goalkeeper. Well, I try and get in goal as much as I can, um, but I had about sort of half an hour out on the pitch. But yes, I scored three goals in the right end. Um, this is all because of the we had Steve Constantine, the manager of the Indian football team, on our uh, on the show the other week, and he gave me some tips. And one of the tips he gave me was uh, throughout the whole of the course of the game, you're going to have the ball for about a minute at the most, because you think it pretty much comes to your foot and then it leaves your foot, um, which is quite a depressing thought when you're playing non-stop yeah. football for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he said, always make sure you know where the ball is going to go before you hit it. Uh, so I've been trying to do that so I think I'll be doing okay but yesterday it came to the penalty I could see I always sort of try and uh, wait an extra sort of nanosecond to see where they're going to hit the ball and it's paid off the last three times honestly this is this is turning out to be really good for you this, this whole podcasting thing isn't it? it is isn't it and they carried me off the pitch chanting my name <laughs> and they built a statue to me outside anyway uh, rather more importantly this week we've had the League Cup the Carabao Cup uh, right, I'm going to have to get this out of the way first of all, unfortunately. Uh, Leicester City 2, Liverpool 0. Goals from Shinji Okazaki and Islam Slimani, which is a pretty special one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. That wasn't a bad one at all. Uh, no wins in four now for Liverpool. Uh, they beat Arsenal, didn't they? 4-0. And then they lost 5-0 to Spurs, drew to Seville, drew with Burnley, and now lost to Leicester. Klopp, the magician. It's going out. I did see someone, um, I didn't actually listen to 606, but I saw someone posted a question on 606. Is he a big fraudiola? I, I did see that, and apparently there was a big rant about it afterwards as well. But I've not yet, I've not yet listened to it. I do try and say, do you know what? My relationship with 606 is very complicated. I used to listen to it about 25 years ago, and Danny Baker was on, and it was brilliant. And then David Meller ended up presenting it, and all sorts of, like, Richard Littlejohn, and all sorts of weirdos like that. Um... And now it's full of like angry dads that ring up, and <laughs> I just I just can't get that vexed about football or anything really. Um, it's full of all sorts of mentals that ring up now. It's very very strange. I mean, in some ways it's compelling. In some ways it's just like unlistenable. Yeah, who, who presents it now? I can't, is, uh, it, is it Fletcher? Is it Mark Chat- oh, I don't know. I thought Mark Chapman did it. I don't know. I think, I think he's been a bit, bit more highbrow now. I think it's Fletch oh, okay. and Sav on a Saturday and Kelly Cates, who I really like, and Ian Wright on Sunday. Oh, that's not too bad then. No, it's not so bad, no. But um, Filicaccino played the first 45 minutes when apparently we were doing all right. Uh, but then we can see in the second half, Klopp called our defending sick. I don't think that means in the way that you, as youth, called 
thing yeah, is Yeah, the, the youth say these days, yeah. Yeah, don't say the youth as if you're not one of them. <laughs> oh, no, you're married now, aren't you? So you're a, yes, I'm, not, I'm no longer a youth. You're a respectable gentleman. <laughs> yes. Uh, Liverpool, 21 shots on target. Uh, 70% possession, but of those 21 shots, on tar- uh, uh, 21 shots, only three were on target. It's almost like you needed to buy a striker in the window. Well, it's, we've bought stri- well, we've already got Sadio Mane, and we bought Salah. Uh, He's not uh, really a striker, though, is he? No, we bought Dominic Solanke. Yeah, that's turned out to be great so far. <laughs> just, no, um, I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter, aren't I? <laughs> I do. Well, I think the problems are very much the other end, and Klopp was saying that um, as well, pretty much. I mean, it's not like anyone didn't see that coming, and we didn't have a fantastic defender he refused to speak to, and then sold to Crystal Palace. Yeah, I mean, the whole Van Dyke situation with the tapping up or whatever really just sort of ruined your summer, really. Uh, I did personally ruin my summer. It ruined maybe no, Liverpool's. Well, yes. <laughs> if, if you are relating as a Liverpool fan, <laughs> yes, your summer. My summer was ruined by many other things. But anyway, <laughs> autumn started today, so, you know, onwards and upwards things and all are that. Up. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, I, go on. As I said, with, with our Liverpool thing, I did get into a bit of a, a Twitter spat with someone. Did you? And I was, I, I, well, I was mainly joining in late. Um, Who? Um, well, it's Ali from. Does other world football live stuff? Oh, Ali Thompson. Um, yeah, yeah. Is a he was getting into a, an argument with the LFC day trippers. Well, there was a conversation between them going on. Um, Ali's sort of talking about how there's no progression, or there's a little bit, in a, a little bit of progression, but how can you still have the same frailties? Uh, LFC day trippers are like Klopp's the greatest manager. You know, look how look how far we've come to under him. And then I joined in, sort of said, well. Eh. It's not really for progression, really. You know, you've never reached the heights that you had the Suarez season. You know, progression. It depends what you what you're claiming is progression. Mm. So I got in a massive little Twitter war about it. Then it went quiet, and then I just tweeted Ali uh, after your after the result, and just said, "That's the progression you wanted, right?" Question mark. But... <laughs> Did he come back to you? <laughs> he didn't. He, he liked it because he uh, he obviously was on my side. Well, I was on his side during oh. the original argument, but. I do like a good Twitter spat sometimes. Is yeah, is a yeah. A like on Twitter could be I've just seen it, and I'm acknowledging it. Or that's fine with me. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I'll take it how I want to take it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay. Um, well, they meet again on Saturday afternoon. This is the late BT Sport game. Um, Aside from the battle that will be in my house as it clashes with the first episode of Strictly, uh, what sort of on-pitch battle can you see now? Um, Liverpool have to win. They traditionally don't do very, very well at uh, Leicester. They've only lost two in ten versus Leicester, but those two they lost have come in three of the last fixtures they played. I mean, they lost last season, which was Craig Shakespeare's first game in charge. And do you remember the year before when Leicester won the league? Jamie Vardy scored that absolute monumental volley, didn't he? Or, oh, or that third. one, yeah. Yeah, so they've lost the last couple of trips to Leicester, plus the game this week. So um, I'm pretty nervous about this. The, the Peggy Arpex said Derby. I mean, you're right. Liverpool have got to win. I think it's going to be disastrous if they don't really. Maybe not disastrous, but I think there's already a little bit of a confidence issue, a little bit, I think. Um I mean, the Arsenal result, obviously, a couple of weeks ago, he looked on top of the world, and then it, it just seems to get a little bit worse. And it's always against these two. You can smash 
teams like Arsenal and then against all the teams that you should be beating struggle yeah well Jamie Vardy has scored five in three versus Liverpool um, but he's facing a battle to be fit unless so we've got, you... we got one win all season so I was going to say if the goals don't come him where do they come from but maybe maybe they come from Okazaki and Slimani <laughs> but... yeah <laughs> uh, I don't know do you know what this is a really, really difficult one to call this one at the weekend. Um, I'm going to go for a Leicester win again. I'm going to go for a draw. Are you? Yeah. The one thing I did see on Twitter massively that got retweeted around quite a lot was this guy. He was on Oxalade Chamberlain watch. Yes, so I was just going to mention the, the, that. The video of <laughs> Oxlade Chamberlain losing the ball and he's just like, oh, you muppet, what are you doing? <laughs> he's poor food. Felt very sorry for Chamberlain. I hope he hasn't seen that. Go on then, what is Jürgen Klopp going to do to win this game? Uh, I think, if anything, I need. I think you just need a bit of luck and a bit of clinicalness. You know, as you said, twenty-one shots, only three on target. The, the thing about and obviously bringing Salah in is great, but what I remember of Salah at Chelsea and what I've seen a little bit so far is he has a lot of chances. And his finishing isn't the best. He scored five goals so far. No, absolutely. I think if he'd taken a lot more of his chances, he'd be on bags of goals because he gets himself into some great positions. You know, he's so quick he can you know run the offside trap like crazy. But it's just there's so many times where he threw on goal, he sort of hits it, but it's straight at the goalie, and it, or it comes back and he scores. Then the amount of times that he's thrown on goal, you'd think he'd, if he if he just improved his finishing, you'd win. Quite a lot of games, I think. Okay. Uh, okay. Also in the League Cup this week, Spurs won Barnes and Hill, Delhi Alley goal. Just 23,000 people there to cheer him on, though. Uh, but they win at Wembley. Yeah, I mean, I, want, I, I don't think they're going to hold their, their hat on that too much. Oh, really? This isn't the start of something beautiful, then? No. I, again, because, you know, they've said before that the Wembley factor doesn't exist. Um, it's almost like, oh, no, it's not a problem. You know, our results aren't bound by Wembley. I don't think, especially only 1-0, I think they needed a bit more of a convincing victory to turn it into that. Well, they didn't need to worry about um, Wembley this weekend because they're away at West Ham, uh, where they lost in May. 1-0, wasn't it? Was that the game where they lost and all you had to do was win the next one to win the league? Yes. Yeah? Because that was the one where they just started to to lose their heads a little bit, I think. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yes, the... um... You did that a little bit, didn't you? Uh, so away to West Ham, who beat Bolton three um, 0 in the cup this week. Uh, Harry Kane has got nineteen goals in twenty eight London derbies, but both these teams drew nil nil uh, last time, didn't they? Uh, last week against Swansea for Spurs and um, West Brom for West Ham. Yeah, well, West Ham are a bit of a a weird one for me. I, I always think, and the same thing, it's a lot with same with a lot of teams. I always think they should be doing better than they are. Like I feel like their squad's actually quite strong. But this season they've, they've started quite sluggish. Do you think quite... strong, the squad's quite strong? Uh, I mean, I think I, I rate Chikorito massively. I think he's he's really good. Andy Carroll does offer something to them. He, he well, often, well, when he's fit, yeah. <laughs> um, I think generally, I mean, um, Winston Reid is, is a good defender. I think they've got they've got good players in in each part of the pitch. Joe Hart, meh, but he, he'll be he's he's good for them at this level. I think. Okay, well, the fourth bottom at the moment. Anyway, um, I think I think Spurs will win this one. I think. I mean, they beat Huddersfield at home last time, didn't they? West Bro- uh, West Ham. Yeah, I think that they're they're on the up. I think they've got that first couple of points now where they can probably start 
the pressure's off a little bit now because it looked for a while like Bilic might have been the first manager to go. It did, didn't it? It looked like a yeah. little race between him and De Boer, didn't it? Elsewhere on Tuesday night, uh, Reading beat Swansea. Uh, sorry, Reading lost Swansea two 0 uh, Crystal Palace scored a goal. Bakary Sacco scored against Huddersfield. They won and scored. Is Roy Hodgson's a miracle worker, right? He is. It's clean sheet. They've got them all running along in two lines of four with rope tied together between them. <laughs> uh, Burnley drew 2-2 two, two leads for losing 5-3 on penalties and Bournemouth beat Brighton 1-0. Um, Wednesday night, Arsenal, they beat Doncaster, the mighty Doncaster, by a whole goal to nil. Uh, Theo Walcott scored. I've forgotten he was still a person. Yeah. I saw, I saw an interesting thing. It was like Walcott... Uh, it was a comparison of Walcott and Oxlade Chamberlain's stats, and how Walcott's sort of at the, when they were at the, both at the same age. It was like, but well, are they at the same age now? Because Walcott feels like he's been around for forever. Well, he was signed at sixteen, wasn't he, um, by Arsenal? So he's about twenty six, twenty seven. I don't know how old Chamberlain is. Okay, uh, but it was sort of their stats at the same sort of period of time in their career. Mm. And Walcott's done so much more than Chamberlain. It was like one's a player with no potential. Or, you know, can't get a game. One's got bags of potential and talent. And I see sort of saying that's what Chamberlain was. I did wonder why we bought him, to be honest with you. It's because so we didn't. I think that's what it was. Uh, we... didn't, want Chelsea, didn't want Chelsea to sign him. He didn't want Chelsea because he thought, I can play at centre mid. Yeah, fancy believing that lie. <laughs> We've all done that in Championship Manager, haven't we? Where you bought someone and you said, I am you are a guaranteed squad player or something and you buy them and just leave on the bench or whatever. Yeah, I do that every day. <laughs> <laughs> and Olivier Giroud felt a bit sort of elasticated in this game. He tried a couple of overhead kicks and stuff. Do you see that? He wants to get a nice goal so he's got another goal celebration. Because you remember he did a scorpion kick. He did, didn't he? So he wants another thing like that now. Yeah. Uh, well, at the weekend, Arsenal are home to West Brom. Um, Arsenal have won their last six of this fixture uh, home to West Brom. Gareth Barry needs one more appearance. He's currently level with Ryan Giggs to be the highest appearance maker in the Premier League. I, I think it says a lot about Gareth Barry, but it just makes you a bit sad that you've got someone like Ryan Giggs <laughs> and then Gareth Barry. <laughs> I was going to say, if you were some kind of Premier League, one of the gods of the Premier League back in 1992, and you were going to cast the runes forward, you've got young, exciting, what would you have been back then? Uh, 18-year-old Ryan Giggs. And then you've got this steady-as-anything, rather boring, central defender, stroke defensive midfielder. You really wouldn't have wanted the latter to begin become your sort of talisman, would you? No. You sort of look at the you know, the, the history books and you'll be like, Oh, who's the you know, the best one of the best players in the Premier League, played the most games? Uh, Gareth Barry. Oh. I honestly don't think I would do a double take if Gareth Barry walked past me in the street. I mean I definitely not. I'm I'm getting very old now, so I don't recognise an awful lot of footballers. <laughs> so um you know, certain ones stick out a mile like Andy Carroll. Uh others, you know, they just very much blend into nothing. I always looked at Danny Mills and I can imagine him working as a second-hand car salesman somewhere. Gareth Barry, I can imagine him working like in an accounts office or something like that. I was going to say an accounts oh, office. Yeah. That's really weird. I was thinking he'd be a really good accountant. Yeah, he would. He'd blend into nothing, a very pale sort of shirt, and you could just sort of see him sat at the back in meetings. Yeah, he wouldn't want to say anything because he wouldn't want to put himself out. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. You wouldn't give him the interesting sort of project work to do. You just give him the sort of figures to number crunch every month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, West Brom have got no wins in four. Um, they drew 0-0 with West Ham last week. Arsenal got that pretty decent result at your place last week. It was the 0-0 draw at Stamford Bridge. Arsenal won 1-0 last season thanks to a Mesut Ozil 86th minute goal. Mesut Ozil, is he still a thing? Because we're talking about Theo Walcott being a thing. So. They apparently so. <laughs> um, can you see anything other than a Arsenal win? Uh, West West Brom are very stubborn, aren't they? And they sort of normally cause a bit of problem in these type of games. I think Arsenal will probably be fine, um, and I think they will get the win. But I don't think it's going to be easy by any stretch. So they had that defeat to Liverpool two weeks ago, uh, and then since then they beat Bournemouth. I think it was last week, wasn't it? And then. Mm-hmm. If they beat West Brom, everything's fine. It's, it's always that's that's the Arsene Wenger motto. It is like get beat by one of your rivals. It's all right with beat Bournemouth and West Brom. We're on the up again. You go on this little sort of mini run, beating a couple of meat and potatoes mid-table teams, and you yeah. kind of think, oh, we're all right now. Till, yeah. You know, all of a sudden, Manchester United loom on the horizon. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a big game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so we're going to your guys. Uh, Chelsea 5, Nottingham Forest 1. Uh, Kennedy Batshuayi. Is that like the, the spawniest hat-trick ever? <laughs> it was, It was. I think, even when the third goal went in, he sort of just he sort of just stood there like, I can't really celebrate this. It's literally just hit me and gone in. He looked a bit sheepish, didn't he? Yeah, it, it was... I mean, I thought he played generally okay. I mean, there's the fact that he put himself in those positions, I guess, is good enough. I suppose so. It's a bit churlish, isn't it, to say you scored three goals, but they were all crap goals. I mean, they all count, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. He owes a huge and... debt thanks to uh, Eden Hazard as well. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, Eden Hazard usually does that sort of thing. And Fabregas got a couple as well. Yeah. Um, saying that Masonda for his first goal for the club. That was a yes. big moment. Yes, tell me about him. He's looked the happiest person I've ever seen for quite some time. Yeah, he, I think he he put something on Instagram um, after the game saying he was so emotional. If the guy, if the the other players didn't go grab him, he didn't know what he didn't. He doesn't know how long he would have been there for. <laughs> Just like crying into the the grass. Oh, it's very sweet. He was yeah, he was very very happy. And he think he's been a sort of a name that's been banded around at the club for the past couple of seasons. Mm. Um, for someone that to keep a lookout for, and it's so good to see him get the start and and not only get the start but get a goal and. He was doing some trickery and, and some skills and, and, and looked confident on the ball. He looked very Eden Hazard-like, which is what you want. Well, that's the sort of like you want to look, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, he will be forging his career at Chelsea in the near future or in the long, long-term future without Diego Costa. Yeah, I do. It's a bit of a sad day to see him go. He's a bit of a... He's caused us a lot of issues. Um, but at the same point, you know, he's got so many goals, so many important goals. Um, he's been a, an interesting figure. I mean, you're going to miss the shit Housery, I'm sure. I know. I don't have. Uh, he's going back to Atletico Madrid, isn't he? But I don't have yeah. um, Sky, so I, I won't be able to see any of it. No, you won't be able to see any, any of his biting or any of his little kicks or s- swipes at anyone. They should pick him in the Champions League. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just so he's cut tight. <laughs> I think that would be interesting. Just, yeah, we're, we're going to play him. Why? Oh. Why not? It stops you having to face him, maybe in the quarters or yeah. semis or something. Um, yeah, it, it, am I right in thinking he's a very marmitey player with the fans? Yeah, I think it, it, this whole episode with the not returning, being in Brazil, I think it's obviously... I think he's tarnished his name around a lot of the fan base. 
Yeah. Um, obviously, we've got a lot of good memories with him, but we've also got some very sour memories of, of doing stupid stuff. He scored some absolute crackers. Well, not so much crackers, but really important goals as well. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, but I, I, I seem to remember quite a few goals where he's he's like he's backed to a goal. He's turned the man, shrugged him off, and then smashed it into the top of the net. And like a real striker's goal. Yeah. You know, showing strength and, and passion. Yeah. And all the times he mugged other like, defenders off when they'd been giving him stickle game. <laughs> and someone else would score. I think, I can't remember who. I think it went Murtisacker or something. But it was Paletta, wasn't and he, it? Oh, that was it, yeah. And he ran past him and sort of like had a bit of a go at him on the way. Yeah, Seamus Coleman as well, where he yeah. his hair. <laughs> Uh, what of the weekend you're away to Stoke? Um, you've won seven out of eight Premier League games, and you need one more point to get to 1,800 Premier League games. Uh, last season you won this with a um, eight seventh minute Gary Cahill goal. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, now you've won three and four. Stoke have won one out of four, which was that game a few weeks ago to Arsenal. So uh, they raise their games a little bit, don't they, against the bigger teams at home? Stoke do, but if any team can combat the sort of grittiness of Stoke, it, it, you get a feeling it's it's uh, Chelsea, don't you? Absolutely. I think the the David Luiz suspension from the Arsenal game is actually a little bit of a blessing in disguise um, because he, he's physical, but that means Rudy Yeager is going to get the game and he is physical. Rudiger, yeah. Um, yeah, he'll... he'll and and so Christensen um, looked dynamite in the game against um, Nottingham Forest last night as well. So it's good options for Louis to be and, and two good physical players to combat Stoke because I'm sure Crouch will come on. Yeah, sorry, you said uh, Louis was suspended, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and injured, apparently, which came out of nowhere. Oh, right. Apparently he's done something to his wrist. Well, Don't know. We'll ask about that one, then. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, Christensen does look a very good player, doesn't he? Yes. It, it, I, I put something on Twitter earlier. And it was, I, I've never felt that positive coming off a Chelsea game. It's not just that it was not it, it was not an Forest great, but it was seeing the academy players because the, the the big criticism of Chelsea is the lone army thing. Uh, but you you had players there that came in and, and have been training with the club for so long and have had to go out on loan, um, but actually get an opportunity to to play for the first team. Did you see this seventeen um, year old Ampadu? Did you see any no. of him? He he looks like a young David Louise. So he's got like wild hair, like sideshow bob hair, um, and the tiniest moustache as he's like going through puberty. <laughs> um, but he, I, I don't even think so. He signed from Exeter in the summer to join the youth team, and I don't even think Chelsea have agreed compensation with Exeter yet. Yeah, oh, he's, he's still, still playing. Oops. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like Frank Arneson never left. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, look, Marcus Christensen, I look forward to being sold to a Bundesliga club in the summer and then joining Manchester City in three years' time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Manchester 94, Burton won also in the Carabao Cup. Uh, Marcus Rashford with a second one, which was absolutely gorgeous goal. Uh, Tony Martial um, and uh, Lingard scored with as well. Um, Jesse Lingard, I was very pleased for Martial because he had about five or six chances and was looking very, very frustrated until one finally went in. Uh, they are away to Southampton at the weekend. Um, Manchester United have scored nine goals in 80-plus minutes. They've just been ridiculous in the sort of the last half an hour of games and they just can't stop scoring. Well, people have said this like it's some kind of criticism or they don't get their goals till gone 80 minutes. Well, oh, it's, not it's a 90-minute I mean, game, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it's absolutely it's 
I mean, the fact is, I'm sure they could score earlier, but it, it could even be a, a Mourinho thing to sort of keep your energy levels at the right point. And as the other team gets tired, then you can start it. Because, I mean, it's not bad when you can bring someone like Martial off the bench no. with 20 minutes to go, who's, who's rapid. Um, and you've got people like Rashford that probably don't run out of energy any, anyway. No, of course. And the other good thing about the um, the number of goals that uh, they've scored is across the five Premier League games, those goals have been split out across eight different players. It, it's interesting to see them being so team-orientated or, or not having, because the thing last season was obviously it was all about Zlatan. Um, and even though Lukaku's come in, they've got a team that they're all willing to pitch in and they're all getting goals. I mean, Mkhitaryan's been... I, I don't know how many he's scored, but he, he's pretty much assisted most of their goals, hasn't he? Mr. Assist, who called him that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it was one of the players, I think it was Paul Pogba called him it. Um, where does Latan fit into this when he comes back fit? I, th- I think you must know that he's not going to start. I can't imagine Jose dropping Lukaku or anything. He- he's almost going to, I don't want to put him in the same league as Crouch, but he's almost going to be that player that you can bring on. <laughs> you bring on... <laughs> And chances are you'll chuck the ball to him. a bit while like he does with Fellaini. If brings Peter him Crouch on in the last ten. This podcast, you've made his day. <laughs> Maybe vice versa as well. I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> if Zlatan's here in the oh god, it'll be after you. Um, well, Fellaini is pretty important. I think uh, Jose is quite um, insistent that he gets a new contract, isn't he? All of a sudden, yeah, he's gone but... from sort of laughing stock to key man, hasn't he? And the thing is, every time he comes on, everyone's like, oh, here we go again. And he actually, but then he gets an assist, or he scores, or he heads something in the, an important move. Mm. Unfortunately, sometimes putting the big man up front actually works. Listen, you do what you do to win, don't you? Exactly. Uh, nil nil this was last season, although Saints have lost 24 Premier League games versus um, Manchester United. That's the most they've ever lost to anybody. Can you see a positive result either way? Uh, I, I can just see United winning. Um, is it 4-0 again? I wouldn't say it's 4-0. I'd like to think Southampton would be a bit better than that, but I think they... Man United are so good going forward at the moment that I, I, you never know. Yeah. Should we talk about Romelu Lukaku's penis? <laughs> Sorry. I, thought, I, I was wondering how the segue was going to work. And <laughs> I thought I'd just ask you. It's just, it's just perfect. <laughs> Great. Uh, are you aware of the song or what the lyrics are? Only partially, but you've now clarified some other parts of it. <laughs> well, that's the whole... Were you aware of a song, but not that it was about his penis? Yeah. That's the whole debate that well, people I... have been talking about. Maybe I've clearly blocked it from my brain, thinking I can't really... But, like, okay. It's all about Please. the fact he's got a 24-inch penis, um, and it drags on the floor, and all this sort of stuff. So... Uh, Roman Lukaku has asked for everybody to move on about this. Now, um, Manchester United have also sent a tweet out saying, please don't sing this. Um, and opinion seems to be very split along the lines of, um, you shouldn't sing this, it's racist. And actually, to sing about black men with racist, uh, with long, uh, big penises is actually a throwback to the days post-slavery in the American South. So there is quite a serious connotation to this. The other side of the fence people say it's a harmless bit of fun Lukaku doesn't mind my friend's black he thinks it's okay um that's right then yeah I'd love to have a song about my penis being so massive sung about me <laughs> I I love that because that's almost like that I'll think of I'm not racist and they're like why it's like well because I've got loads of friends that 
you know, are not white. Oh, okay then. Yeah. The, the fact that you're saying that suggests already. If your yeah, if your sentence if your sentence has that or I'm not racist, but that generally means that you maybe are. Um, yeah. The Twitter account Manchester United Songs and Chants uh, released a statement supporting this. I mean, they basically put out a load of videos of United fans singing "We Sing What We Want," and then they put out a little statement of their own, which they later pulled down. They they did say it was available on their Facebook page. Um, saying that uh, basically, what's wrong with this statement? Um, we sang the Part G song song. Is that racist too? Are you aware of that one? I think so. It wasn't... Yeah. Part, I did... part, wherever you may be, you eat dogs in your country. And they said, is that racist <laughs> as well? I think, mm, it could be. Well, yeah. <laughs> I did see something about Part G song, and it was, I think, Phil Neville had been asked about yes. um, Sun <laughs> at Tottenham. He said, well, I played with Park at Man United, and they're very similar. Like, right. But What's the list? Apparently he didn't. He left the season Park arrived. One left in the summer, one joined, so he never played with him at all. So, you know, <laughs> it gets even more into the they all look alike from over yeah. there. And it's, do you know what? It's called getting a bit Yadar, isn't it? That, you know, yeah. your dad's opinion and all this sort of thing, especially with some of the replies to some of these tweets you see. Um, and we're going to talk about Mark Sampson in a bit and any Aluku. So I think we can both safely say. Neither of us want to see that Romelu Lukaku song again. No, definitely not. Are we going to... Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> That's safe to I say think that. I, I want to move on as quickly as possible. <laughs> well, we'll move on to some of the other games. It was Everton 3, Sunderland 0, West Brom 1, Manchester City 2. So the draw for the next round is... Um, Spurs are home to West Ham. Bristol City versus Crystal Palace. That could be quite a little game because Lee Johnson's doing pretty well with them this season for Bristol mm. City. Uh, Swansea versus Manchester United, Arsenal versus Norwich, Chelsea Everton, Manchester City Wolves, Leicester Leeds, um, and Bournemouth versus Middlesbrough. I think Chelsea Everton is going to be interesting because even though in the league Everton have struggled over the past couple of seasons, whenever it comes to cups, they they always seem to to turn up a bit more. Uh, you're right, and the other one as well, I remember they beat you on the, in the cup a few years ago. That was the the, the cost. Yeah, I think. But uh, no, I think they beat us. To, oh, they beat you cu- at their place. No, I'm sure they beat you at your place once and went. I'm sure there was, a, there, was a, there was there was there was the one where Costa. Yes, he got sent off. Didn't he? Someone or something. Yeah, yeah. No, this was another one. This was at your place. It was like the quarterfinals of the cup about five years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I seem to remember it was played on a Saturday and amongst all the Premier League games. But Leicester Leeds looks quite interesting. Leeds had that hiccup against Millwall this week, but. Other than that, they've looked pretty imperious. Um, and other than that win against Liverpool, Leicester have looked a little bit iffy. Mm. So that'll be good. I think it'll be a busy night for uh, Leicestershire Constabulary as well. Yes, <laughs> I imagine so. Yeah, some of the weekend Premier League games coming up. Uh, Burnley versus Huddersfield. It's the first game, Premier League, first top flight game between these two teams since 1971. Ooh. Uh, and here's a stat for you. Since August last year... Burnley have won one more than Manchester United and one less than Manchester City at home. We, I know they had, a, they had a good home record, but that is that's unbelievable. Well, they solved their away record a little bit, haven't they? Uh, they beat Chelsea, drew with Spurs and drew with Liverpool. Now, if you're going to say they're going to get five points from those three games, Sean, with his gravelly voice, would have uh, taken that, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah, he would have. Uh, ben Mee and I can't remember his first name unfortunately so Tarowski they've blocked the second most number of shots for a central defensive partnership in the Premier League this season they've looked they've looked pretty good so far so I'm not surprised 
They have. I mean, but... Liverpool had 35 shots last week, didn't they? Yeah. So they must have done pretty well. And that was Nick Pope in goal, no Tom Heaton. He's out for the, sort of the rest of the year, isn't he? They have, although they've signed some sort of jobbing third, second-choice goalkeeper as cover. Yeah, I did see that, because um, Tom Heaton was my goalkeeper in the fantasy team, and i got to replace him now. Oh, have you? Yeah. Um, I can't remember who I've got. I hope it's not Tom Heaton. Uh, last week Huddersfield drew 1-1 Leicester Burnley drew 1-1 Liverpool of course this being at home I can imagine Burnley might well take this one I think it would be close I think it will be close Huddersfield will will, will give it a good game Uh, but I think Burnley will probably sneak it Okay, Uh, Everton versus Bournemouth Uh, 19 goals in 4 fixtures between these two teams 8 have been scored after 80 minutes as well so so I shouldn't watch the game I should only watch the last 10 minutes so I would imagine so, yeah. Just this, <laughs> Thankfully, this is going to be a match of the day, I think. So um, we can sort of wait. You, you can go make a cup of tea at this point. And just <laughs> yeah. Do you know who likes playing against Bournemouth? Who? Wayne Rooney. One goal and two assists versus Bournemouth in the Premier League. And Everton won this one 6-3 last season at home. Uh, Romelu Lukaku scored four goals. Oh, yeah, I do remember that, actually. Yeah, I think yeah. I do. As well. I think that was about the same time he refused to sign that new contract, wasn't he? And then he scored four goals. Yeah, and it was, all, it was all a little bit like they, they didn't really want to celebrate him scoring four. <laughs> yeah. uh, Everton have lost their last three in the Premier League, including that 4-0 to Manchester United last week. Um, Bournemouth have lost four out of five, but they did beat Brighton last weekend. Uh, I'm going to go... Well, I don't know. I'm going to go with a draw on this one, I think. I'm going to go for an Everton win, but, I mean, they really need it. Uh, Koeman is... He's looking like he could be the next one to go. If you think result, if results, I think because they've spent so much money, there's so much more pressure now, and to have the results that they've had, and they've not looked particularly good in those games either. Hmm. So I think, I think it was they'll still give him another month at least. But if they don't start getting results and start picking the points up, I think they'll be forced into it. Oh, okay, this of course is the Sylvan Distan derby. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, next up is Manchester City versus Crystal Palace in the Jamie Pollock derby. Um, City have won 9 out of 10 versus Palace, including the last four. Now, I think in the next few games, Palace have got City, United and your lot. Yeah. Um, so this is some baptism of fire for Roy, isn't it? Yeah, and that, that, I think that was some of the comments made about when De Boer left. It's like hiring someone in, what are they expecting Roy Hodgson to do? Get 9 out of 9 points against those three teams? It's, it's not going to happen. He's not going to turn, turn them round to be Premier League champion beaters or anything like that. But it's not inconceivable that they could lose the next three games. At which point do they sack him? Well, he, that would have been his fourth game, so that would yeah. be about fair. Yeah. <laughs> and then maybe Sam Allardyce will be finally ready to come back. I wonder but if consecutive Premier League managers... Have available. Ever... <laughs> yes, he is, isn't he? I wonder if consecutive <laughs> Premier League managers have ever been sacked with 0% win ratios. But I don't think that... Well, you never know. <laughs> Probably someone out there. It could have been. Sergio Guerra thinks about three goals off being City's all-time record goal scorer. He's got 14 goals in 17 appearances. I really, really like Sergio Guerra. I think it's the thing I actually really like him too. He's a bit... He, he doesn't like Chelsea, I know that much, or, or David Luiz in particular. Um, he always has a bit of a, mm. uh, a mad moment. But he stamped he, on his he's arse, a, didn't he? Yeah, he's a brilliant... He's a brilliant striker, though. He's absolutely fantastic. And the thing that's weird about that is everyone says that Guardiola doesn't like him. 
No, they there's always that thing of, oh well, Gab, you know, Gabriel Jesus is the future. I'm like, yeah, but you've got Aguero's. It, I mean, that last week he Aguero pretty much he decided to pass to um, Jesus instead of scoring an open goal, which maybe he's doing it as a symbolic gesture. I don't know, but and he passed that penalty up to Raheem Sterling, didn't he? Oh, he did, yeah. So he's a team player, if nothing else. Hmm. Uh, of players in Premier League history that have scored 10 or more goals, Sergio Aguero has got one every 108 minutes and Gabby Jesus has got one every 89. I mean, there's no doubt in Gabby Jesus's ability or his potential. Um, I mean, having both in the team's pretty unfair to everyone else. <laughs> it is quite, isn't it? Maybe they've got to have that poor defence on purpose. Maybe, yeah. To make it fair on the league. <laughs> yeah, City won 5-0 uh, last season. And they got that 6-0 versus Watford last season. So, although this it's, a be, it's, a, it's a Man City win. It's I mean, going to be a massacre or it'll be some frustrating 1-1 draw. Typical City. Yeah. I, I just can't see it. I, I can't see Palace turning up and City just looking too good at the moment. No. Um... Which one of these two fixtures is going to be last match today? Swansea, Watford or Brighton, Newcastle? Brighton, Newcastle. Oh, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, I only say that because I, I really want Swansea to win by, uh, by like four goals and Tammy Abraham to get a hat-trick. Uh, well, that's not going to happen because of the last four Premier League games between these two, there's been three goals and 96 shots. That's a 3.1% conversion ratio. Well... That's disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> it is disappointing. I think this one could be last. Has Tammy Abraham chosen to play for an African team? I don't know if that's been officially confirmed, has it? Yeah, uh, uh, Nigeria or, or somebody, I think. Yeah, it, it will be Nigeria if, it, if it's not... Because apparently England said they were... Oh, no, no. So the BBC have said that he has picked England. He, um, he wants to be an England international. Rather than playing than for Nigeria. I just saw a quick tweet as I was scanning through earlier on. Um, so yes, I think this one's going to be last on match of the day. How do you think Watford are going to react to last week? They well, I think positively. Um, I mean, there was nothing they could do. I don't think they were that fault really. I mean, a couple of the goals were either offside or, or whatever. And I think when they came across Man City in that type of form, mm. it's not like they played badly or terribly to to, to deserve the six nil drumming. Okay, I think they'll be all right. Okay, uh, so last game we're going to be talking about is Brighton versus fourth place Newcastle. If the season was to finish now, there'd be an inquiry <laughs> of some sort because it's only five games in. But Newcastle yeah, yeah. get Champions League football. Rafa Benitez does and Everton will be relegated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't like him, do you? No, you're all fat Spanish waiter all over him, aren't you? Yeah, you can't see him for the two times La Liga and two times European champion that he is. No, <laughs> I just don't like him. Didn't want him at Chelsea. Came in. I I get that he he won us the Europa League, but not interested. I don't honestly get your hatred of him. I think it's bizarre. Well, I mean, but what, uh, well, would you would you have Mourinho? Yes. No. Would you? Of course, I would. He wins. Doesn't mean you can put your morals at the door, Chris. Morals, schmorals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he won you something. Rafford did. Yeah, I didn't want him to though. I almost wanted want, him to lose didn't. it. Chelsea fan Ryan says he didn't want Rafa Benitez to win him European trophy. Europa, Europa League. You know, let's not. 
It's a European pretend. trophy. Yeah, let's not pretend like it's the Champions League, though. Uh, it's a trophy in Europe. I can't, I'm, I'm, no. My just... flabber is well and truly gusted with that one. <laughs> we'll, we'll go into that one a bit more when uh, when you two play each other. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, okay, so across Europe this week, there's been some Europe, um, games in various different leagues. Uh, Serie A, uh, Benevento nil, Roma 4. Um, something significant happened in that, and I can't remember what it was. I think it was Eddie and Jacko scored a couple of goals. Uh, Juventus beat Fiorentina 1-0 in their grudge match. You know what that's all about, don't you? That goes all the way back to Roberto Baggio. No, what, what happened with that one? Um, well, Fiorentina sold uh, Roberto Baggio against their fans' wishes to Juventus. And when they um, when they played each other in the league, I think Baggio refused to take a penalty. Juventus subbed him, and on his way off, Baggio picked up a Fiorentina scarf and wore it. So they don't particularly like each other, these two. <laughs> um, Lazio won Napoli for Dries Mertens' hat-trick. Please tell me you've seen the Dries Mertens goal. Oh, yes, I did. It was unbelievable. How good is that? So basically, for anyone who's not seen it, uh, Dries Mertens threw on goal, ball sort of bouncing, goalkeeper comes out and sort of smothers himself and bounces the ball to the right-hand side of the area. Dries Mertens in some rather nifty big loop, running loop, like an oil tanker that can't stop properly, um, <laughs> runs in a big circle and first time just lost the ball over the keeper's head into the far corner. It's a wonderful goal. Um, Milan beat Spaltuno and Bologna drew 1-1 with Inter. So, Napoli atop uh, with Juventus on 15 points each, then Inter in third and Milan in second. Uh Juventus play Torino in a local derby this weekend. Uh, Sampdoria play Milan. Um, Spal play Napoli. And Inter are at home to Genoa. Who did you see Pietro Paleri at the weekend? No. Pietro Paleri scored two goals um, and was born in March 2001. Oh, that's disappointing, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. When I was 16 years old, I was working in my local co-op and walking my next door neighbour's dog for a walk for money. And then you got these footballers that just, <laughs> nah. Oh, every, uh, some people I know this week, after Rooney's day in court, were getting all yidar on um, footballers and how much they earn and everything. So I thought I'd brighten things up by suggesting that uh, maybe every penny's earned. And in fact, if you look at the amount of money in the Premier League, they're not paid enough. Which, as you can imagine, went down. Um, yeah, I can. Yeah, that obviously that went down like a lead balloon, really. <laughs> it was, but it was good fun to make the point. <laughs> uh, in league on this weekend, um, PSG top on eighteen points, Monaco fifteen, San Etienne third on thirteen points. Who are playing rent at home? Uh, Monaco away at Lille and PSG away at Montpellier. Now, PSG all is not well in the camp, is it? It's not. It's it's all getting a bit. Uh... Bit sort of you know grudgy at, in the camp. It's getting a bit Lord of the Flies, isn't it? Mm. Now, I watched this last week, the game against Leon. Did you see it? I didn't, but I've seen the the clip of of Alves holding the ball, sort of not giving it to Cavani, and then Neymar just coming in and out of nowhere and taking it. Yeah, and then similar sort of little debate with a penalty between Neymar and Cavani. Uh, Cavani missed. I can't believe. It. I really like Edison Cavani, and I feel really sorry for him because I think that when Ibrahimovic was at PSG. He was kind of made to be like the boy on the side. You know, everyone wants to play with the cool kids, Latan. Oh yeah. And um, Cavani's the sort of boy on the wing that nobody, the sort of nobody wants to play with because everyone wants to be around the cool kid. And now he left. He quite rightfully thinks I've been here for a few years. 
This is uh, my time. Yeah, this is my time. And all of a sudden, Neymar rocks up. And not only does Neymar rock up, but his best mate rocks up as well. Yeah. So it's. it's I mean, the whole, the whole thing. I don't know if you've seen um, Jago Forland's comments. Yes. Yeah, he's saying that Danny Alves is Neymar's bitch or something. I mean, come, like <laughs> these players are on like. I mean, Neymar's on such a ridiculous amount of money. I mean, they're human and beings, this is though. how he. This is how he spends his time. Like he, 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 he's been in London with with um, Lewis Hamilton all week as well. Because why not? Has he? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not a big fan of that. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton. It gets better people to hang out with, surely. Yeah. I mean, uh, I did see that PSG have come out and said that Cavani is still number one penalty taker. We still love you, Edison. Yeah, please don't go. Even though we've been told to sell you by name. Well, no, I think I think that's like a we still love you with the fingers crossed behind their back. Oh yeah, well, we still love you. And then in January, when someone puts a bid in for you, you would totally won't accept it. <laughs> he's been linked with you guys. He's been linked with Arsenal for quite some time, hasn't he? Yeah, I, the thing about Cavani is like I don't. The the only things I see of him are compilations of him missing great chances. <laughs> <laughs> Like he's wrong goal, he misses. Hi Jesse. Yeah, this God Jesse, we never like this one, is she? <laughs> you can tell she's the not terrible, here this week. As I say, the terrible voice and Al Cavani. Oh. Well this will teach you not to reply to my messages. I know. Should we say <laughs> something about Toby Ardmoud as well? Yeah, he's useless, isn't he? I can fact, I can no it's not only that, I think he's really, really good and I can see him at Manchester City next season. Yeah. His hair's a bit naff though. Yeah, I apologise to everybody go. else on the subway. <laughs> Uh, okay, so in Germany, I think they had what's called an English week or something. When they have midweek fixtures, they call it that or something very similar. So um, Dortmund are now top on 13 points, Bayern on 12, Hoffenheim and Hanover on 11 each. Schalke uh, lost 3-0 to Munich in the week. Uh, Hamburg lost or Hamburg lost um, 3-0 to Dortmund. Mainz 3-2 to Hoffenheim and Freiburg lost, uh, drew 1-1 with Hanover. So at the weekend, you've got Bayern versus Wolfsburg. Uh, which traditionally is quite tough, I should imagine. Yeah. Got the now we had this with Mark a few years ago, the Borussia Derby, and Mark laughed at me. It's uh, Dortmund versus Gladbach. I don't know what Borussia translates into, but maybe it's a derby of sorts. Uh, Hanover. Yeah, I'm not sure. No, Hanover versus for Cologne and Hoffenheim versus Schalke in La Liga in Spain. Again, there were midweek fixtures. Barcelona top on 15 points, having uh, beat Ibar 6-1. Um, Seville are second on 13 points they beat Las Palmas 1-0 and then you've got Atletico Madrid on 11 who beat uh, Bilbao 2-1 and Valencia on 9 points in 4th basket case Valencia beat Malaga 5-0 now what's the name missing from that list Real Madrid Real Madrid who lost 1-0 to a 94th minute Antonio uh, Sanabria goal for Real Betis they are 7th I think um Sergio Ramos came out and had a little swear fest, didn't he, as well, after the game? Oh, did he? I haven't, I haven't seen it. Um, it I sounds like I, something you'd do, though. It does. Uh, Madrid, Atletico Madrid are playing Seville at the weekend. Girona are at home to Barcelona. Uh, Alaves are at home to Real Madrid. And Real Sociedad are at home to Valencia. League One. English League One, not Spanish League One. Uh, as I say, we've already covered this one. <laughs> no, no, no. League One this weekend is AFC Wimbledon in 16th versus MK Dons in 13th. That's going to be a um, tough one. Uh, I think so too. I think MK Dons have the upper hand on these. They played each other. We obviously played each other last season in the league, but I think 
I think it was a draw or something. Um, and they played each other in cups a couple of times, which MK Dons won. Yeah, I think MK Dons will will win, uh, but it's, it's always a bit of a tetchy time when these two face each other. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so, do you want to talk about Mark Sampson? Go on then. Okay, let's get it out of the way. Let's get well. We, yeah, we get it out of the way. Well, not so much get it out of the way, but let's let's tread very lightly and talk about Mark yeah. Sampson, shall we? Lots of allegedly's and all that. Uh, I don't know if we need allegedly's or not because he's lost his job. I don't know. Yeah, but apparently, well, so he's lost his job for evidence of of emerging of inappropriate and unacceptable behaviour, but it was in a previous role, hmm. so it's not in his current job. So the the allegations made about him being racist that doesn't seem to be as part of this at the moment. No, he was fired due to. Um... Uh, an issue at when he worked at the Bristol Academy in his previous role. Um, a safeguarding report said that he posed no risk in 2015. This was a, an allegation made in 2014 before he became the England manager. Uh, Martin Glenn, who I used to work for in a previous life, weirdly enough, uh, he blamed the previous regime and those lower down uh, in a superb piece of shoulder sloping Teflon in. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For this, he said the report got brought to his attention last week, um, which is a massive coincidence because this is when all the Daniel Taylor Guardian story uh, regarding his alleged racist behaviour came out. Uh, and Martin Glenn was so appalled he waited a week to sack him after a qualifier. Brilliant. Um, nobody... There was a whole thing as well that the players all went and, and sort of hugged him or something went around him and then the England Twitter account tweeted out togetherness. Yeah. And I mean, that was that was left for quite a few hours after. We'll talk about that in a, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second cuz um that's all part of the any Luco thing. Mm. Um So there's a few questions the FA have to answer. You don't, don't have to answer, don't worry. Okay, good. That's good to know. <laughs> Why Ryan? <laughs> Why was he kept on for the qualifier? Uh and why was he kept on whilst successful? Because remember, he's, he's took England to um, mm. third in the World Cup and to, uh, was it the semi-finals of the Euros this year? And yeah, this I think re- they, got, they got pretty far, didn't they? And this report was knocking around gathering dust in FA offices somewhere. And this is the second national team manager to be fired under strange circumstances in a year because we're, only, we're about a year since Sam Allardyce, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, there's something very wrong with the FA recruitment selection. They're not having a good time, really. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they're just... I feel like something's going to come out about Southgate now. I don't think... He... I think he still goes to church. I don't think he's ever done anything wrong in his life. I think he's just... Maybe we'll just come out that he's bad at his job, maybe. I don't know. I think. I don't think he's ever had a parking <laughs> ticket. <laughs> Gareth Southgate sacked because of an unpaid parking ticket. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, there are three questions that the FA really have to answer. It's a storming coincidence that it comes out during this uh, during the Ennio Luco affair. Um, massive props to Daniel Taylor of The Guardian as well, because without him, this may all not have happened, plus the, the paedophilia story as well he's been covering for the last year. Um, you know, this isn't anything the FA have done off their own back. This is due to investigative journalism. It's very, very best. Enya Luko, uh, where we are with there is um, she was very unhappy after uh, the qualifier the other day, you, you, the day where you talked about the England players running over. 
mm. and celebrating with a very sheepish looking Mark Sampson, has to be said. Um, she was very upset because she said when she was a player rep, I think she said she negotiated contracts for, for some of these people. And you can see it from her point of view as a massive kick in the face. I mean, the players obviously were trying to show some kind of togetherness. And the one thing I did think was if you weren't fully on board with that, you would have stuck out like a sore thumb if you didn't run over and celebrate. Yeah, I think if, if a couple of people did it, you all have to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it did look a bit premeditated, though, didn't it? Yeah. Um, there's very, very many reasons to feel sorry for Annie Luco. She's obviously not had due pro- proper due process because the two investigations were flawed. She's faced a rather large Twitter backlash. People accusing her of being a money grabber because she's got that £80,000. Mm. Uh, and, you know, people are saying, if you were so determined with justice, why did you take the money? Uh, people are also saying this is a witch hunt. People are saying, are you happy now? Even David James has come out and said it's <sighs> ridiculous. Uh, he's come out on Twitter. And again, you see a whistleblower. Uh, it doesn't matter in what walk of life you have uh, whistleblowers. Whistleblowers very rarely come out of anything. Um, uh, they've done a very great and very noble thing, but they rarely come out of it better personally. No. Um I don't know. I think there's another investigation, is there? Into I think the... they're, I think they're reopening the the, the allegations uh, about the racism. But I think obviously the investigation on the previous uh, working is sort of concluded now. Yeah, uh, and Matthew Sider of the Times wrote a very passionate piece a couple of weeks ago uh, backing um, Mark Sampson. I mean, where's it, where's he going to go from here? He's not, I don't think he's not going to get another job in women's football, is he? I don't. I can imagine I he's pretty much damaged goods, isn't he? Yeah, I can't see him going anywhere else. I think it's probably the end of his career now. Which in one way is, is you know, great because you can't have those sorts of people in football. But two, this is a 34-year-old man who's very, very talented. And maybe with a bit of re-education or a bit of humility or realising a bit of self-awareness himself, you can't throw people onto the... Can you? You can't throw people onto the scrap heap like this over these... Albeit very, very serious indiscretions, but... If he goes and you know, if he changes his ways, do you think there's a way back into football for him? It's not uh, like he, it's not like he's Ron Atkinson and he's sixty and you know same <laughs> things with Marcel Desailly. This yeah. is a, this is a young guy who's obviously very talented, but with massive character flaws. That maybe can he if he overcomes with sort of education, he could be reintegrated. I think so. Um, at some point, he's got such a long uh, a long time before he, you know he'd have to sort of hang up his his boots, as it were. Um, so I'm, I'm sure that the, there'll be an opportunity at one point in the future, even if it's like abroad or anything like that. Maybe um, got As I said, maybe maybe there's an opportunity somewhere for him. Yeah, maybe he would have to go abroad because in this world of social media, if a club decides to um, take him on, then you know it, it doesn't take an awful lot for fans mm-hmm. to tweet a club and say, "I can't believe you're taking him on." So, in no way do I, I'm sort of condemning, sort of condoning what he said and what he's done and the way he's behaved, but if he realises he's made a mistake and he wants to put something right and do something right, he's got a right to rebuild his career, hasn't he? Yeah, I think if he if he can show that he's he's working on it or he, he has attempted to apologise or, or make amends, then of course. I mean, you sort of look at as someone that's nowhere in the same boat, but you look at um, Chad Evans. Um, the former Sheffield United striker that obviously went through all that whole, that whole thing with with the allegations made against him, and I think he was eventually cleared, and he's had to effectively rebuild his career and his reputation. Um, 
but it's not not in the same sort of vein, obviously. But it, it, it's sort of a similar scenario where there are chances to to rebuild. Yeah, show some form of remorse for whatever did or didn't happen. Um, right, finally, for we not the uh, podcast on the head for this week, um, Ed Woodward has been talking about the next round of Premier League TV rights. We were talking about this pre-pod, weren't we? He was saying he thinks it's entirely feasible that Facebook or Amazon or somebody of that ilk could bid for Premier League rights. I didn't realise this, but Amazon outbid Sky for the right show Men's ATP Tennis exclusively. Oh, they didn't know. That's interesting. I think everyone's really surprised that these streaming services or, or whatever can can afford to outbid people like Sky. But I saw something that Netflix in particular had spent a lot of money, this isn't obviously football related, but they've spent a lot of money on these comedy specials um, that cost the same amount of Game of Thrones Series 6 or something. So, you know, they've got money to burn, almost. It's, it's not like they're these underdogs anymore. And, and Sky have almost not misused the Premier League TV rights, but they've sort of just thought, well, no one's ever going to outbid us. We'll just put on, we'll carry on putting on the same programmes no matter what. And I think now it's starting to change a little bit. I wonder if they grew, because they had the, the TV rights for an awful long time, didn't they? Until mm. BT Sport came along. And I wonder if they, in those intervening years, maybe they grew a bit sloppy and complacent and BT have sort of given them a bit of a wake-up call and they'd be crazy not to think that someone like Amazon, Facebook, Twitter, whoever would come out and try and buy the rights. It would be a massive... I mean, you look at the, what Sky Sports have done in the summer, obviously they've completely rebranded all their channels. You've now got a Premier League channel dedicated, uh, and they're doing that in response to... You look at BT's presentation of the Champions League, and it's, you know, you, you watch BT Sport, you can watch any game. You've got highlights of other games while you're watching the game that you're watching. Mm. And that I remember years ago, the final game of the season, Sky Sports would have four games on, you know, one of the title matches and the relegation candidates. And you'd be able to flick between the games or you'd be able to see highlights. But now you watch Sky Sports and it's like, oh, there's been a goal at the other game, but we can't show you what it is. Yeah. And it just seems really backwards. They seem to have gone a little bit backwards in their football coverage as well. I think BT have stolen a march on them to some extent because... They've got Premier League games. They've got La Liga games. They've got the two of the biggest leagues, fair enough. They've got, uh, what have they got after that? They've got Dutch games, La Liga, uh, mm. MLS games, and Coppa Italia games. BT Sport have got Premier League, Italy, Germany, France, Portugal, uh, Brazil. The Champions League. Yeah, Champions League, A-League Australia. So they're building up quite a portfolio there. Mm. Um, so I think Sky are at some kind of sort of critical point for them. What you, They need to either sort of put a huge bid in for the next lot of TV rights or they're going to start to lose out, I think, because there's so many different slots for games. You've got the 11.30 game on Saturday, then you've got quarter past five games on Saturday, Friday night games. There's three slots. Monday, Monday night Monday, games. Monday night games. You've got sort of half past one, four o'clock and whatever else on Sunday, haven't you? There's so many slots that people could bid for that piece by piece, that Sky themselves have instigated this, haven't they, to get viewers. I mean, this, these different kickoff times are because of Sky trying to trying to show as many games as they can, which is fair enough. If you pay your money, you want to mm, see as many games actually... as you can. Yeah, but they've cut the Premier League pie into so many different slices. It's easy for 
someone like Netflix to come along or Amazon to come along and say, ah, oh, we'll have the Monday night slot and BT Sport will say, we'll have the Saturday night slot. And, you know, I suppose the blue ribboned one is Sunday at four o'clock. Uh, that's the one that everybody wants to watch. And Facebook could come along and maybe sort of try and bid for that. All of a sudden, Sky are left with what? Saturday lunchtime, Saturday and Sunday lunchtime. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting because you, you, obviously when I remember when um, Santana Sports was around and how they tried to, to steal a march on it, but they didn't get their coverage right. It'll be really interesting to see a new player come in and, and almost change the way that presentation of Premier League games is on. At the moment, it's very, you know, by the book. Yeah, We'll have a chat with our people beforehand. We'll show a couple of highlights from their previous games. Okay, first half, we all analyse whatever. And it, I think there are probably other ways of doing it or incorporating the fans a bit more. Oh, don't do that. Or anything like that. Do you watch the oh, do, God. do you do watch like a six or six? Oh no! Well, th- not only that. Do you watch um, the championship on Channel Five? No, but I see a lot of angry people about it. Oh, I am one of them. The bit where they go, let's have a look at what the fans think, and then it's like some two-minute rant from Dave from Rochdale into his mobile phone that gets played on the on the TV. And you think you could be showing a highlights, not some <laughs> drip with a bloody mobile phone but and a if, mouth. If you imagine. If, if YouTube, for example, bid and, and got one of the games, when Arsenal games are on, you could have the Arsenal fan <laughs> TV yes. team present in the game. Exactly. I mean, there's also the scope for Premier League clubs to negotiate their own rights at some point. They've been mm. talking about that for an awful long time. Um, there's even the possibility of the European Super League coming along at some point as well. Although, again, they've been talking about that since I was a teenager, so that shows how long ago that was. So yeah. I think it's going to be um, it's going to be really, really interesting in the next round of TV rights. I can't wait. I think it'd be good for someone like Amazon to get it because it's just so, for me, it's so easy to, to watch stuff on that. And whereas Sky Sports, I think that, or Sky in general, there's so many barriers to get past. I don't know if that's the case now, but it used to be when I used to watch it. You'd like if, and now you can use it, watch it on your tablet and stuff. Great. But years ago, it was like, you know, if you didn't have the TV with the box, you were, you were pretty much screwed. Your stuff. I mean, even on Twitter now, you don't even actually have to have any of these because about 10 minutes after a goal has gone in, you can see a sort of, six second loop of it happening a vine of it happening anyway can't you so yeah i mean cfc gifts or something is one of them and literally a minute after the goal's gone in yeah it's it or um reddit slash r slash soccer goals as soon as they go in across any league every game yeah um it's it's brilliant and there's so many streaming twitter accounts as well i mean it's Social media and the internet is really sort of going to do away with TV rights. I can imagine mm. at some point. Yeah. It will be absolutely fascinating to watch. Um, right. Anything else? AOB, any other business? Anything you want to say? The, the only thing is it's a uh, small bit of Chelsea news that we touched on at pre-prod. Um, pre-pod? I keep doing that. There's no R. It's only because like, there's something at work that does that. And I, I say it every day of my life and I... I I think it's ingrained in my brain. He's <laughs> uh, Bakayoko, the Chelsea midfielder, um, drove into a bush earlier today. It was all over. I, I saw. I was looked at my phone earlier. It was Bakayoko involved in car crash, and I thought, oh my god! I thought they'd broken his neck. Yeah, and there was a rumor that he's broken his neck, and I don't think it, apparently he's got no injury. The, the the car looks a little bit broken up, but it's fine. Um, the really interesting thing is his brother's come out and said, yeah, he doesn't like driving on the left side of the road. <laughs> so it'll be... I don't think he'll be getting back in the car anytime soon. <laughs> Probably just get a taxi to train in. Uh, you would have thought so, yeah. Um, 
Okay, so, uh, my AOB is uh, I am going to uh, walk my doggy tomorrow morning and next door to my house, as you might have seen on Facebook, is a Cornish period drama for the BBC being filmed. <laughs> really? Yep. They rock up at the uh, football ground next to my house and store all their trucks there and uh, you could see Mr Poldark hanging around. Ooh. There's a high vis security guard on the front because uh, I normally walk my dog around the football ground but they won't let me in at the minute. But I was chatting to them the other day and he says that um, whenever they're there you can always see women walking their dogs wearing nicer clothes and a bit of lippy <laughs> <laughs> in the hope that they might see him uh but yes there we go uh we are part of the world football index i'm not sure whether uh there's going to be a show this sunday or not because i think there's some uh there's more marital news for um man of the post more more yeah so i'll talk to you about that later on but okay. uh, i don't know whether there's going to be a show or not on sunday um we are part of the world football index so if there isn't a show on sunday you can always get your premier league uh, uh, uh trying to think Serie A, russian german north american mexican brazilian and whatever else fix of football on your podcasts uh you can subscribe through the Twitter feed at World Football Eye, uh, World Football Index, manofthepost.com is our Twitter feed as well. Uh, at Man of the Post is the Twitter account, Instagram account. Um, you don't have to rate and review us to bump us up those charts. All you need to do is subscribe. So if you're ever near your uh, local branch of Dixon's or Curry's or Apple Stores or whatever else, nip in, <laughs> jump on their sort of display iPods and iPhones and subscribe to Man of the Post. I try and get to get Jesse to do this uh, at the Apple Store in New York. So you have to do this in Northampton. Okay. Oh, we, don't have, we, we don't have an Apple store in Northampton. I've got one in Truro. Bloody hell. You haven't got one. Or you can go in Dixon's or Curry's or whatever you've we've, got. We've, we've, as I say, we've, we've got an unofficial Apple repair store. Oh, right. Have you got a PC world or something? Yes. Well, you can jump in there and do it. Yeah, I went, I I'll went, do that. I went into my Apple store uh, and did it, and they looked at me a bit weird. So I've, I've still got three more, shop, uh, three more phones to do in there. Uh, so you can, what are you doing in here again? I'm just looking at phones. Yeah, again. Again, I do, yeah, I do like going in there. There's not, there's not many times I wish I had a footballer's wages. Uh, walking into that particular shop and walking into Waterstones is probably the two times. <laughs> uh, they're the only two times, but yeah, there you go. Uh, if they want to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? Uh, my handle is at the Ryan Goodman. At the Ryan Goodman, super duper. Right, okay. Thank you ever so much. Uh, thank, thank you for listening, and always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs> <laughs>